Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for the Natural State Football Report with Clint Conk. Taking a closer look at football across the great state of Arkansas with the winningest coach in UCA history. The Natural State Football Report is brought to you by Farm Brothers Flying Service. For the past decade, they've been providing crop dusting services to the farmers of Southeast Arkansas, and they can help you too. Call 870-26300. And brought to you by Kitchens Truck Sales. For all types of used trucks and trailers for almost all industries, especially farming and farming related. KitchensTruckSales.com. Now, let's toss around the pigskin in the zone with Justin, Wes, and the coach. Here he is, the coach. Coach Conk, how are you? Good morning, Wes. How are you doing today? Man, I'm good. Let's, let's, let's jump right in on the uh, Razorback game. I'm watching it, and I and I just felt like that they weren't ready. Uh, I felt like they had heard, uh, you know, their classmates talking about blowing out Missouri State. We we got people wondering how many how many snaps Malik Hornsby's going to play at quarterback. It, it just almost this was a letdown. And look, they played Cincinnati, they played South Carolina. It was two very physical, tough ball games. I just wondered about their head, seeing all the missed tackles, seeing the turnovers. It just, it was the sloppiest game they had played this year. Did you see a team that was maybe uh, a little unfocused? Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, they looked very unfocused, and there's a lot to unpack in that game, Wes. Well, first of all, I think you start with Bobby Petrino. I mean, his genius of game planning and uh, arguably one of the best, if not one of the best offensive play callers in football. Um, I thought he had his team very prepared. And then you factor in the, uh, you know, maybe Arkansas wasn't mentally where they needed to be. Um, It ended up being a dogfight. And that's where you see a bunch of turnovers and missed tackles. I mean, I thought Arkansas got exposed. Uh, athletically at times uh, once Missouri State made it to the second and third level. And, uh, you know, when you get exposed in space, big plays happen, and that's what Missouri State did. The other piece of this, too, and I think Hunter Juracek touched on this yesterday at Touchdown Club, is the transfer portal. You know, FCS schools can get a lot of FBS football players. Missouri State was a perfect example. Like, there were kids from all over the country playing at Missouri State, every skill position, offensive line, defensive line, the running back, um, all of a sudden, FCS schools become pretty good, um, and, and particularly those top-level schools. And then you get a good play caller like Petrino uh, and a good game planner, and uh, you can go in and make a competitive situation like they did on Saturday. The good news is the stars stood up when they needed to for Arkansas. Uh, and to your point, very early in the year, you got a dynamic punt return from a, uh, uh, from Stevens, uh, which was a game changer. Uh, obviously, a career day for, for Jefferson throwing the ball, running the ball uh, with Rocket. Uh, Knox had a big play. So the Stars, Drew Sanders, that defensive line asserted itself late. So the Stars stood up when they needed to, when they got the cobwebs shook out. But make no mistake, Missouri State came in there with one intention, and that was to win that football game. 
Coach, Arkansas leads the country in sacks right now. Uh, Drew Sanders leads the country in sacks. They are getting after the quarterback. They're uh, putting pressure on him. They're getting in his face. They're making him get off of his spot. He's running around. And so he's missing some throws. He's missing some guys that he probably should hit if he was just standing in the pocket all relaxed. But when you uh, come on these blitzes, and they're doing some exotic blitzes. I saw the safety blitzing. Uh, you know, they, the yep. safety came in and got him one time. Of course, Sanders is coming from his linebacker spot. Well, you know when you do that, that you know that's less guys dropping back into the coverage, and that's putting pressure on the secondary, and the secondary has given up more yards than anybody in the country. What do you do? Do yeah. you keep going because this is working? You're getting after the quarterback, or do you drop back less and, or you know, not bring the blitz as much? What do you see there uh, schematically as a solution for Arkansas? Well, I don't know if it's so much seeing less as it is personnel, and I think Coach Pittman and his staff rightfully. I mean, you get Slusher back this week. You've got some injuries back there, um, but they've recruited athletically very well. It's about getting the right pieces in the right places somebody that can communicate uh, effectively. I think Slusher will take on that role since Catalan is out for the year. Um, look, there's two ways to improve pass defense, either through personnel or through scheme and, and blitz. And so if you've got a great pass rush, it's going to make the back end better. If you have to add more pieces to that pass rush, more exposure for the back end. So it's a catch-22 to me, it's about personnel. What they're doing is sound defensively. Um, you just got to cover people, and then when they make plays, you got to tackle them and put them on the ground. It's the yards after the catch that looked really, really bad early in that game Saturday. But again, the good news is they're three and zero. They get a chance to make corrections coming off of a win. They get a piece back in the secondary. Um, the challenge this week, though, with Texas A&M, obviously goes up a notch. Uh, as far as being able to, uh, they're going to have to compete against you know better players this week for four quarters. So uh, the good news is you get a win, you escape with a win. Uh, would have been a terrible loss, uh, but you get to make those corrections uh, as you sit here three and zero. Talking with Clint Cock, he's on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Coach, I think one of the storylines this week is Arkansas's poor pass defense going up against A&M's poor passing game. You know, who gets well? Is it Arkansas's defense going up against a team that hasn't had any success throwing the ball or not much success throwing the ball? Or is it A&M who gets well in the passing game because they're going up against Arkansas's pass defense? Well, I think uh, Coach Fisher at A&M made a strategic choice to change quarterbacks last week. And obviously that gave him a little bit of a shot in the arm with Max Johnson, who was a starter at LSU for, I don't know, a dozen games, maybe 14 games at LSU, have had some success. Uh, his first real action of the year. So that he was able to knock the rust off. Uh, they'll have another week to work on timing with the receivers. They'll see a little better passing game than what A&M put on the field last week. The question is, can Arkansas cover them? and not let him run behind him? And can they put enough pressure on Johnson to get him off his spot to make him throw off schedule and uh, and, and ultimately turn into negative plays, sacks or tackles for loss? So um, this is one of those 50-50 games that you look at on the schedule and you say if Arkansas is going to have one of those special years, they've got to go to Dallas and get this one. Understand, too, this is the first time Arkansas traveled this year. So, uh, you know, that. That's a whole other animal. 30% of that team has never traveled. 
So they've got to go on the road out of sight of the friendly confines of, of Reynolds Razorback Stadium in front of a 50-50 crowd and uh, go on the road and, and be able to perform against the, you know, a pretty good Texas A&M team that has underperformed, no question about it. A&M, first time on the road, too. Uh, you think about it, they had three home games at College right. Station, so uh, they'll be kind of equal there. All right, A&M defensively, I got to think they're going to they're going to uh, have confidence in their secondary because their confidence is uh, their secondary is very good. They've uh, had a little bit of struggle stopping the run this year. I saw where Miami's two backs rushed for 162 yards. Appalachian State's running back. Uh, had a hundred, mm. 112 yards. So the teams have had success running the ball against them. If Arkansas runs the ball, they're going to have problems. So I got to think, you know, if I'm there and their defensive coordinator, who was at Ole Miss last year, uh, knows a, a, a lot about Arkansas and this offense because it's pretty much very similar to what Ole Miss runs. I got to think he's going to maybe commit some of those uh, DBs and safety in the box to stop the run and almost dare Arkansas to beat their great secondary. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, Arkansas will be intentional to try to run the football for the reasons you just mentioned. It seemed like every third and short, third and medium that Appalachian State chose to run the football in the second half, they made a first down, which ultimately put that game away. I think they'll have a hard time stopping Arkansas's run, and they'll, they'll force uh, Jefferson to make plays down the field and, uh, and see if that secondary at A&M can hold up. But I, I don't think there's any question that the focus in College Station is to stop Rocket Sanders and K.J. Jefferson and that bevy of running backs uh, in the run game. And if Arkansas can do that, then I think it will open up some opportunities in the pass game. Clint Conk with us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Uh, let's talk about the Bears. How about going up way up north and uh, flying up to Idaho, getting a victory and coming back uh, with that first win of the year? That That was huge for the Bears. Yeah, I mean, and we had talked about this last week. It was almost a must-win if they have uh, in every game. Really, moving forward, uh, is almost a must-win for UCA because of uh, you know the start that they got against two really good teams. But uh, to be able to go on the road to travel go all the way to Idaho on the road, a big sky opponent. And I realize that it's not Montana, Montana State, or Eastern Washington, uh, but traditionally UCA has struggled going on to the West Coast. Uh, Playing inside was another challenge, but there's no question. A uh, huge win for the program. Their quarterback, uh, Michael Vane, completed 80% of his passes. He looked much more comfortable uh, throwing the football. Of course, it all starts with Hale in the run game. I thought the old line uh, played very well. Uh, they were able to score some points, played well on special teams. I think they had a scoop and score on defense. Uh, they did give up a long kickoff return. Uh, you know, they got to get that cleaned up. Now, this week, the challenge is they got to go back on the road to southeast Missouri. And just a little history on this, southeast Missouri beat southern Illinois two weeks ago uh, in Carbondale, Illinois. Southern Illinois went to Evansville, Indiana, uh, and beat Northwestern uh, out of the Big Ten. So I'm not saying southeast Missouri is better than Northwestern, but uh, obviously – uh, the Bears will not have a break this week. They're going to have to bring their A game again on the road to Cape Girardeau uh, to play Southeast Missouri. But if they play and improve the way that they did this last week, they've got a really good chance to walk out of that thing and even their record at 2-2. Two and two. Red Wolves went to Memphis. They didn't get the win, but is there something they can build off of that performance? Well, the quarterback, Blackman, has played tremendously consistent and uh, – 
again, I think he completed nearly 70% of his passes. They're just getting outmanned up front. And, uh, you know, the second half, Memphis was able to really impose their will uh, on both offense and defense, and they just really got outgunned. Um, now, it doesn't get doesn't get much better this week. They've got to go to Old Dominion. And if you remember, opening night, Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech. So, uh, And they lost a close one, 16-14, I think, to Virginia this past weekend. So it doesn't get any easier, but they're in conference play. Uh, very important that, uh, you know, that if they want to stay relevant, that they go on the road and, and, and show the progress that they need to um, to be able to get this win at Old Dominion. Hey, Coach, I want to take a break, and we can hit the D2s when we come back, talk a little high school football with you. Uh, let's, uh, If you're good with that. Absolutely. All right, awesome. More with Coach Cock when we come back. Stick around. You're in the zone. We're live at Chanel Country Club today. It's the 32nd annual Bolo Bash. More details on that coming up. we got Clint Cock on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline talking a little college football. And D2-wise, Coach, the uh, top three uh, kind of holding serve. You know, they just – and I saw Henderson State's ranked this week. So they joined Harding and, and Washita in the D2 rankings. Yeah, no question. I mean, D2 football in, in Arkansas is really good. And uh, this week we may have a, a prelude to the who the conference champion is going to be because uh, Washington, I believe, is hosting Harding this week down in Arkadelphia. I believe that's right. And uh, the winner of that game will have the inside track. Obviously, uh, Henderson's still undefeated in conference play. UAM has an opportunity to get out to a 3 and one start. Uh, but all eyes will be on the Washington Harding game this week, and uh, the winner of that game has probably the inside track track to the conference championship. Henderson has to go to Southern Arkansas, and if you remember at the very beginning of the year, uh, I like I'm, I'm kind of bullish on the Buell Riders moving forward. Now, I don't know if this is the year, but uh, Henderson better bring their A game because they, uh, Southern can score some points, and uh, uh, there's going to be a couple of really, really good uh, Division II football games here in the state this weekend. But all eyes in Arkadelphia, Washita hosting Harding this week. All right, Coach, uh, high school-wise, most of the teams now start conference play this week. You, you know, you've had some uh, changes with classifications and conferences, and so some schools had started uh, conference play in the last week or two. But now, for the most part, everybody will be playing conference games this week. And uh, I look kind of like those 7A uh, games. It's um, None of the big powers are playing each other this week. Those games are coming uh, a little later, but – I was very proud of what Conway did against the Louisiana school, and then Cabot almost went down to Russin. Russin's one of the top teams in Louisiana, and uh, Cabot had them had uh, pinned down in the fourth quarter, but Russin came back and kicked a field goal with basically no time to win that game. But the two Arkansas teams did really well against those Louisiana teams. Yeah, very impressed with what Conway did against Washington um, out of uh, Monroe, Louisiana. That is a very good program historically, and to be able to dismantle those guys the way they did says a lot about uh, Conway. And then, of course, Cabot's still going to, you know, lost a close one, but they're going to be a factor in that 7A Central. Uh, But, man, what Conway did to Washington was uh, very impressive. Um, This week, though, uh, and then i got to give a shout-out to Mocha Rock Catholic Rockets. I mean, Got after Benton pretty good. That one kind of surprised me, the, the score, I guess. And uh, this week, though, they've got to go to Searcy. Uh, the Rockets go to Searcy to play against one of my former players, Zach Clark, who's the head coach 
now at Cersei. And so that's a big game this week. PA and Little Rock Christian, uh, the Walker White show, uh, goes up against uh, PA. And then a big game down in southeast Arkansas this week. And I don't know if you remember Thursday night, Warren beat Star City at Star City in overtime. Star City went for two, didn't make it. Warren escaped out of Star City, two of the top teams in 4A football. And this week, uh, Warren and McGee play. And that's a huge game down in, down in southeast Arkansas this week. So uh, I'm sure Marcus Haddock down at McGee and Bo Emery, uh, Bo's going to have a tough job emotionally getting that team ready to go. But uh, it's going to be a great game down there. I believe it's at McGee this year. So a lot of great games in yep. the area, a lot of really, really good football teams. And uh, as you said, with conference play, things are going to start uh, settling in and shaking out over the next couple of weeks. One well, another good 4A game is Stuttgart going up to Harding Academy, and uh, most yes. people feel like those are the two best teams in their conference, and you may have a conference championship decided in the first week of conference play in, in that conference, but that, that is two very good teams. That'll be a fun game to watch. I know we're going up for that one, and while we're in Searcy, we're going to get some highlights of Catholic and uh, Searcy also. Uh, speaking of uh, going for two in overtime, I was there, Coach, for that game at Star City. That was our KARZ Fearless Friday game of the week. And uh, just a great ball game the way Warren came back. Just such a well-coached team. Down 21-7 at the half. The no panic came back, right. tied it up. Unfortunate for Star City. Their field goal kicker, good kicker. I think it was about a 35, 37-yard field goal in the last seconds of the game. Right down the middle, and it hit the crossbar. I mean, another foot, and it hits on top of the crossbar, bounces over. But he hits the crossbar, bounces back. They go to overtime. And as you said, Star City uh, goes for two in overtime. It doesn't get it, and uh, Warren gets the win. Friday night, during Fearless Friday, I, uh, I go to Nick Walters at North Little Rock, and uh, he sets it up for us. North Little Rock had just scored in double overtime. Uh, they're down a point because Parkview had already scored, and uh, North Little Rock goes for two, and they get right. it. And they win it, yep. and it was yep. just – it made me – we had the conversation, how important was that for North Little Rock after starting 0-2 to get that victory in double overtime before conference play begins? Oh, huge. I mean, uh, obviously they played two very good opponents prior, you know, to the game with Parkview and, you know, get, getting off the snide and, and getting that first win will give those kids a lot of confidence moving into conference play. You know, North Little Rock still has good tradition and good football players, uh, um, you know, they just had a, a, a tough struggle to begin the year. And, you know, all these coaches going for two, I, I don't get it. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I want to keep playing. Uh, you know, my, my philosophy was always, you know, if, if we can keep playing, my team is going to make a play somewhere uh, to seal the game or, or, or win the game. And um, But there's a lot of people that are rolling the dice and big games too i mean that star city one game was a huge game and uh, a lot of anticipation and build up to that game particularly on a thursday night all eyes were on that game not criticizing going for two but just to show you how football is such a game of inches four more inches that ball probably goes over the crossbar and star city wins yeah. the game. you know just uh just uh riveting uh, uh entertainment that's for sure <laughs> coach uh 
I got the high school football rankings yesterday, the statewide rankings, and I look at the top ten, and right there at number ten is the Catholic Rockets. And I, I've been here since '03, and I don't think I've ever seen that. It's, that's pretty cool no. uh, what they're doing at Catholic, being three. You know, they were two and zero, oh, and we're like, okay, well, they they got Benton this week. We'll we'll see what they're really made of, Coach. They didn't beat Benton. They beat Benton. I mean, that was yeah. it was yeah. that was an impressive victory the way they did it. Well, like I said, the score really shocked me, and then uh, they've got some talent there. Look, you know, having a son go through that program, uh, the improvements that they made facility-wise probably five or six years ago, and look, you know, one of the top academic schools in the state of Arkansas, maybe in the South, uh, is Lenoir Catholic, and I got to see that firsthand. With that said, the front porch of a lot of schools is still athletics whether it be at the high school level or the collegiate level, and the improvements that they made, the academic draw, they've been able to get some some pretty good athletes to come to Catholic, and uh, they're well-coached, and uh, they dropped down a division, so the competition's not quite as what it was, uh, you know, in previous years. You kind of merge all that together, and they got a pretty good football team. And, uh, you know, first week they beat uh, North Little Rock, I guess it was, and the second week they win, and then when they beat Benton, you know, there's a trend there. They're a pretty good football team. It's well coached, and uh, but they'll have to go to Cersei uh, this week. And uh, you know, Zach Clark's an excellent coach. Uh, got a great football mind coming down from Springdale, and uh, that'll be a big battle this week. All right, coach. Before we let you go, last. Yep. No, I think a lot of people are very proud of them. Uh, before we let you go, I got to ask you uh, about LSU. What did you learn about LSU last week beating Mississippi State? They're, they're, I believe, trailing at the half, sixteen to ten. They scored twenty-one unanswered points in the second half, and man, uh, Death Valley was uh, very happy on uh, f- late Friday night. Well, defensively, they impressed me. I mean, they held that high-powered offense. I think like two hundred something yards total offense in that game. Uh, they've got some pretty good athletes. They're still a little loose in some areas. Uh, there's no question about it. The quarterback makes really good decisions about 90% of the time. It's those 10% that um, that they got to get cleaned up. I think they finally have settled on offensive line. That's going to be huge moving forward. They're still a work in progress, but they can be a dangerous team. And that's something we talked about at the beginning of the year. Uh, getting Emory back at running back getting the cobwebs and the rust off of him will pay dividends. But that defense, what they did to uh, to Mississippi State, a lot of fourth down stops, a lot of pass breakups, turnovers. Uh, they could be a they could be an outfit that has to be dealt with as conference play moves on. They're not there yet, but you can see that they're coming. Too many gifted athletes, too uh, too many good football players in Baton Rouge for them to be mediocre. Coach, thank you. It was good catching up with you. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Brad. I want to thank uh, Alan Kitchens down at uh, Kitchen Truck Sales and uh, Lance Gassaway down with uh, Farm Brothers uh, Flyers for uh, sponsoring this segment. Two good friends, two great guys, and uh, appreciate them very much. Appreciate you, Wes. You bet, Coach. Have a good weekend. Hey, you too. Bye-bye.